0: it's me, and I'm not working right now, today, so, yeah. Um, really incredible day. Really important stuff happened. I won't go into it. Um, but I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. In regards to the podcast, I might have to... I'm going to have to organize it a bit better and really start taking it seriously. Um, Because I've learned, or I'm learning, and remembering that this was supposed to be um, an opportunity to help people with my story of my own success. And helping them kind of break free and change for the better, if they so wanted to. Um, I think for the last couple months, or uh, leaving my other job, I realized I resent I resented. I'll use past tense. I resented people that did better than me, that had more than me. I was what you would call a hater. And I've noticed this in the last maybe few weeks with work I just started, you know. Or honestly, I think it's been my whole life is I resented people that were wealthy and successful. I don't know why. Maybe it was learned, you know. But I feel like now I'm learning that... You know, if, I, if I'm if i a person of faith, well, should I be resenting anyone to begin with? Should I be imposing judgment on anyone to begin with? You know, who am I to do that? And I've been learning to go about it all, or that I've been going about it all wrong because for the last month I've just been complaining about how little I have and how afraid I am to lose everything. And I realized, how can I inspire anyone? How can I, how can others model my behavior if when they modeled my behavior, they wouldn't succeed because I was just afraid of not losing anything? But is that really gaining anything? You know? So I'm starting to realize that. And. I'm going to get a tattoo, which is weird because it goes counter kind of to what I'm saying, but I'm going to get a tattoo in April, on April 1st, on April Fool's Day. Oddly enough. Um, so I hope it doesn't turn out to be a prank where they give me like a, the wrong tattoo. Um, it's Romans twelve 2. Um, I'm probably going to butcher it, but it goes along the lines of Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve God's will, is pleasing, perfect, good will. I think something like that. The end might, might have butchered it. But I mean, I've just been trying to just tweak my thoughts a little bit, you know? Tweak my thinking and try to think the opposite ways of how I was thinking before. Because I figure those might not have worked out. I don't know how it is for for different people, like for if how women, you know, look at each other or wealthier women or men and, and how men do it and how it's different. I think for me as a man, I judge people based on, I think their clothing, you know, and their smile, you know, I feel like there's there i think before it was how i interpreted it was there was a smugness to a happy rich person you know there was evil behind that smile and now i feel like maybe that's not what it is okay so the reason i'm uh not ranting about it but i'm talking about is i'm reading this book that they had recommended me in there i don't know what it was i can't really I don't want to call it a pyramid scheme because I don't know, but everything happens for a reason, right? So, there's this book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, by T. Harv Eker. And it was recommended to me by this group of people that are not in my life anymore. And I'm reading it, and it's really enlightening. Um, Granted, I don't really like the tone of it a lot of times. I think he does generalize and he says he does. So there's that, but there's a lot of things in here that I am absorbing and really, really listening to and believing because I'm learning in regards to my childhood and the childhood of many people in America, maybe other countries is because their parents fought so much over money We associated money with something bad, something wrong, and we received a lot of messages about money as being bad, and there's a verse in the Bible, I kind of want to find it, because there's a misconception about it, I think it's in Timothy or something. Okay, hold on. Well, there's an article about it, but I'm sure it'll say... Okay, it says the Bible actually says that the love of money is the root of all evil. So... The emphasis they put is ours. So... it. Let's see... So, let's see, let's see. Okay, let's look at... Let's look at Proverbs 11.25. The generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Um, Ecclesiastes 7.12. For wisdom is a protection just as money is a protection... But the advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom preserves the life of its owner. I love the wisdom ones. Let me see. Okay. This is... I think this is like going in the middle of it. So, in the middle of the spectrum is Hebrews 13.5. Let your way of life be free of the love of money. While you are content with the present things... For he has said, I will never leave you and I will never abandon you. And so I feel like this is a good one for me because I might do like a Bible podcast for existentialists because I am both. I believe in God, but I'm also like an existential nihilist, probably a positive one. I don't know. Um. So I think there's not. I think the word love is interesting because of the context. So I don't think people love money, but I think there becomes an attachment to the idea of it because there's a fear of the lack of it. So in our minds, or at least for me, choosing to love it is something that's looked down upon but almost required. So it's very confusing. So here it says, I will never leave you and I will never abandon you. And I think that's what we're afraid of. Abandonment. So, money is this way out of that, we think. So, do I know what I'm saying? Maybe not. It's pretty late. Um, but it talks about being content with the present things. And, let me find another one. Okay, here's a good one. Proverbs 28.20 A faithful man will receive many blessings... But the one hastening to get rich will not remain innocent. So I think the idea here is patience and building something throughout your life and protecting it and giving with it. And I think this is a big takeaway because this is how it's supposed to go. You know, let's say you're starting a garden and you're planting seeds. Do you expect them to be... Do you expect to plant seeds one night and harvest the next? Things take time. And... That's a process you can't rush, you know? And I think about money and I think about the modern times, right? How the accumulation of wealth is marketed... As something you can have in a relatively short time, not the desire to establish that, but simply the marketing of that, I think is the issue. Because I don't think we... It's hard to explain because this delves into other things, but I feel like this immediate gratification... There's probably parts of our brain that do that, but I feel like our soul doesn't really mind waiting for abundance in our life i feel like the child mind does and i feel like maybe i mean not maybe i'll admit it it takes over in me i want everything everything ever i want it and i want it yesterday and it says what was the one i was reading before Okay, while you are content with present things. And there's this whole comparison thing that happens with. I mean, it's not just me, obviously. Um, But I'm trying to combat that. Like I said, I'm trying to change my thoughts. I'm trying. The book says to bless rich people. And I almost hawked up, like, I don't know what kind of phlegm or something, just saying that out loud. Um, because you kind of have to, because of the declarations thing. But I realized it wasn't really honorable to resent people with more than me. Just as it's not honorable to resent someone with less than me. Or just anyone for that matter anyway, you know? I'm supposed to be kind. And I am kind for the most part. So, I realized I was going about it all wrong. I remember... And this is just something I was, I was raised with an an idea, you know, you can just find it in so many shows and movies. Hold on, let me drink. I was eating dinner at my job that I'm thankful for because it's saving me a lot of money on food. Um, I was eating dinner and I was eating outside. I work in uh, Marina Del Rey. Come find me. <laughs> My boss doesn't want me to be a dishwasher anymore. But I really like it. It, There's no no drama. It's just (laughs) dishes and water. And I went to my mom's house. And I washed all their dishes in like 5 minutes. I'm not afraid. Once you've worked at like a huge dish pit. With dishes everywhere. On your own. For hours. Go to someone's house. Wash their dishes. One and done. So if you want to invite you for dinner and need someone to wash your dishes, I'm your guy. So, okay, back to what I was saying. You know, I was eating dinner on my lunch break and I don't know how old she was. I think this was, again, it was just from far away because I was on the second floor and I saw this woman in a black fur coat, and I think kind of like loose fitting sweatpants, and maybe she had like a a sweatshirt underneath, like those hoodies with the little white um shoelace things around the neck, and those pockets like a kangaroo pouch kind of pocket, and she was crossing the street into this really fancy car. And we use orange bags for people's food when they take out. So she was putting that in her passenger seat. And she was driving in this really, really nice expensive car. And the first thought I had was, I hate her. And I feel like as someone who has to practice this faith, you know. Because I'm starting to accept Christ more as like my savior. Just a personal decision, you know. Because I... Realize that I really need peace in my life. And I'm not able to have it by myself. I'm just not. I need help from a higher power. And anyway. Um, I looked at her and I thought, I hate her. And I didn't even know what she looked like. All I saw was the clothes she was wearing. And the car she was getting into. And that she had bought food at our restaurant. And looking back, I think when I did that, I thought differently. And then today, too, I think, is it OK to judge someone because of what they wear? You know, I think about what I wear. And I think, yeah, I've been judged. Sometimes I meet people, they look at my shoes, they look at my shirt. It's like they inspect me. And I don't do that to them, but I'm starting to realize maybe I do do that. Maybe I do look at people's shoes, at their clothes, and I judge them, you know? And I realize, like, the book's taught me, the book has taught me, or is teaching me that if I'm associating having wealth with being evil, or conniving, or a cheat, or a no-good liar robber, then I'm going to go out of my way to not build wealth in my life. Because that's what bad people do, right? And I don't want to be bad, so then I shouldn't get there. But then I think, the book says rich people are, are some of the nicest people you meet. I think that's true. I think it's so true that it's too good to be true, because I'll give you an example. I remember, and again, everyone's different, you know? I remember during the Super Bowl when I was working at that event, there was a guy in really nice clothes and his wife, and he wanted me to take him to the stadium, And I really wanted to take him because I knew who he was. He was the manager of the L.A. Dodgers. He helped them win the World Series in 2020. He did great things for our city. So I wanted to take him to the stadium. I didn't get to. I only took him like 10 feet, you know, and he had to walk the rest of the way. And he gave me $20. And for me, I didn't want anything. I just wanted to help. But then, you know, I'm like, wow, that was so nice. And I could have said, oh, only $20 in my head. But then I realized he didn't have to do that. You know? I feel like throughout my life, and yours too, there's so many times in our head where we remember when someone screwed us over. Or someone called us names. Or... Pushed us around or ignored us. And in my head, I don't remember them being wealthy. I remember this is probably going to be a long episode, so I'm probably going to sit up more. Better. Because I'm not. I'm not on my lunch break, so I'm at home. I'm going to prop a pillow up. I remember. It was I think it was eight. We had a field trip to this. Um. This school called Crossroads. It was in Santa Monica, and it was a private school. And I, I think at the time I heard of private schools. Either way, I was excited to go and. I think I don't know if I've shared this with someone before, but I remember we went, and I remember like it was yesterday. They were so welcoming to to us, and I'd never felt that way at, in my school, by other kids. But I remember them showing me everything, and looking back. I know the teachers didn't make them do that, you know? That's something teachers make kids like me do, you know? Trained us, prepared us for when someone was visiting. But when I went there, I knew that was who they were. And they showed me their fish tank. They showed me books lined up from floor to ceiling and wall to wall. They showed me all their toys, the playground, you know? And so, I'm trying to remember now, when people did nice things for me. And to not associate with people who have more than me with being evil, because this is the life I chose, you know? I chose to live alone in a certain area, and it's small here. There's not really a kitchen. I kind of make it. But that is what satisfies me. I'm okay with that. You know? So what that does is it creates an opportunity for people to have more than me. Simply because I have less. So that in conjunction with seeing everyone have more than me. Not everyone, obviously. I lose sight of what I have. And I begin to resent them. So now... I can say, okay, I have this simpler life because it's a trade-off with the area I live in, and so naturally, a lot of people are going to have more than me, you know, and I realize, like, I can't judge people for having more than me when part of my values or way of life is to have less. Because that's my choice. So. Romans 12.2. I'm trying to re. Not conform to the pattern of the world. Which is not just. Living in LA. It's not just lifestyle It's the thinking. You know. It's conforming to the. It's about not conforming to the, the thinking. That the world does. You know. And. Just renewing my mind with, you know, the word of God. And there's part of me that's that's like automatic shame comes into it. Because I feel like also the world tends to associate with believers as hypocrites or mean people. And like I said, everyone's different, you know. And I've met people who don't believe. And do believe they're the same. They have the same character. They're amazing, wonderful people. And that's just how it is, you know. And, um, but I'm learning that that (laughs) people are beautiful, you know. We discredit each other so much. And we let the media create this narrative, you know, what I was going to mention earlier was the notion of Scrooge, you know, the Scrooge or the Grinch or. Gosh, I'm trying to remember cartoons I used to watch where rich people were bad. Mr. Burns. From The Simpsons. Again, I think I mentioned this in another video With the language we use and the words we use, we think about a television program or TV programming and it has that word. It programs people, you know, or it programmed us. And the good thing is you can get reprogrammed or deprogrammed, I don't know, but those things are learned, you know, we learn about the Pharaohs of Egypt. And how they had Jewish slaves. And we learned to resent people who have authority because of those instances. And that's not everyone, you know. And there are bad people who have money out there. But those people, there are not many of them, you know. I think of other other movies where rich people were good. Like Richie Rich, he wasn't bad. His dad was a great man, you know. Um, and the, it was the one who who wanted more. Who wanted to take from him, you know. That was that was bad. Um, he'd have been better off working with him, you know. But I think about that movie, and I think about. These ideas we believe and we learn as children. And I've just always felt rich in a certain way. I feel like although I didn't grow up with a lot and I still don't I really have a lot. I always felt like there was a richness to me. Maybe in my language or my spirit or something, you know. And so back to this movie Richie Rich. I remember... Looking back, he was such an outcast. You know? And I remember in the movie, and this was, I don't know, I know there's different version of, versions of the movie. In the movie with Macaulay Culkin, that's the one I'm referring to, there's a scene where he, he's, he's, In a car. And he's passing through this lot. This vacant lot. And these kids his age. They're playing uh, baseball. um, In this lot. And. He tells. I think Cadbury. Or it might have been someone else. He tells someone to stop the car. You know. And he wants to play with these kids. And these kids just really let him have it. Like you can't play with us. Like we're not good enough for you. Or. We're essentially like, you're not one of us, you know? And I've grown up with that my whole life, not just in regards to people with more money than me, but almost everyone I've come across. In my head, I have, I'm getting better, I'm getting better. But in my head, I would just always make them better than me. I would put everyone, everyone on a pedestal. And so I got into the habit of, like, those kids in Rich, rich just resenting, you know, anyone who had war. And that's just part of being human. That's okay. Just like being afraid is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But I feel like now I'm able to see that good people are good. Mean people are mean. Your character is based on your character. And how you treat people. It's a heart thing. You know? And I'm starting to realize that. You know, there's... There's a lot of things. Just my, e- just speaking from my ego. Just letting my ego talk for a second. Just giving my ego permission to talk for a little bit. There's part of me that... Wants to change things in people when I meet them, when I see them. Why is that? I feel like maybe there's something I'm uncomfortable with when I'm around them. Because there's a something I wish I had. and That I see in them that I start to feel like I'm lacking in that department. So I begin to resent them because they have that character or that piece that I don't. And rather than changing, because changing is so hard, maybe it was a little easier to judge them, you know, and to make myself feel better. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. And so... I'm at 30 minutes I'm getting kind of sleepy it's like 10 30 something but I'm learning a lot you know I don't want to complain anymore I don't want to tell you guys how afraid I am of losing everything because that's not going to work out you know I want to keep trying for myself I don't want to do this for my audience anymore I want to use it as an opportunity for me to grow and for for you to just listen to someone who's started from leaving their job to the, finding something better and that's going to take time you know i'm still i took a break from looking for new jobs because it was exhausting to, to go to different interviews and then work right after and I can feel, like, my stomach turning already because I think last week was really emotional for me. And it took a lot out of my heart. Not in a bad way. Um, it Just, I felt a lot of feelings, you know. And I just needed a break. I just needed a break. I just needed some time to just chill, to not worry about losing all my money, because it feels like I've been obsessing about that, and I've been writing a lot of Bible verses down, like transcribing, and just reflecting with myself, and realizing, like, it's time to move on, you know, it's time to move on. And not be so afraid every day. And I don't want to do that on the podcast either. And. I was just doing a lot. Like it's weird because. People who want to do a lot all the time. They don't feel like they're doing enough. You know. Like I was doing these meetings. The dance classes. I had been house sitting for. My mom. For my brother. I was interviewing at jobs. I was going to therapy, I was trying to do this insurance thing, and then salsa classes, and I realized, like, that's not, and I felt guilty about not doing enough, too, like, lazy or something, and I realized, like, there was too much, there were too many directions I was moving in, you know, there was too much I wanted to do, so I could feel like I was doing something, and I know the root of it. Or the roots of it. Maybe with the roots, there's always more than one thing at the root. Maybe it's like a couple things. And now I just want to feel at peace. And to be at peace, you have to be thankful for what you have. Because if you keep thinking about what you don't have. And what you can get. And how your life sucks because you don't have it. Let me tell you you're gonna have a hard hard time feeling at peace, you know? It just makes it that much harder. So, I'm done with that journal. I started, like, at the tail tail end of 2021 and finished, I think, today's the 9th. Is it the 9th? I don't know. I need to get a calendar, probably. The ones that they have at the bank where you just flip the page over every day. Because there's just less space. Um... I have like a clock the size of my entire body in my room (laughs) because it helps remind me that I don't have a lot of time in the day and that life is short because it is. But I wrote in my journal like a lot of stress is just unnecessary, you know, like it's time I move on and tell myself, hey, there's food in the fridge. Don't worry about it you know, don't worry so much, telling myself, you got this, God's got you, you got this, you're gonna be okay, you've been worse off, and I have, I remember, sorry, this is probably gonna be like a 50 minute, which is fine, because I rarely make those, and they're good, I remember when I was in Nashville, and don't pity me i don't really I'm not saying this to like to throw a pity party. I'm just saying just to give perspective you know on how how much you grow as a person and what you learn about yourself and life. I remember I think it was twenty four I wasn't twenty five yet I reached a point where I was barely scraping by, barely scraping by, and everyone at the Starbucks I was working was probably on the same boat, because we let each other have as much food as we could, (laughs) and I remember I would eat breakfast, and I would eat, I would try to eat a really big meal, like at three, and... I think every two weeks, I would spend like eight bucks at Chipotle or seven. I think stuff was like $7, maybe six something at the time. This was like in 2015. And I w- that would be my splurging. I would get something from there and I would get coffee from um, my job. I worked at a, a Starbucks um, in Nashville. A road west end that would lead up to downtown Nashville. Which I have to go back, by the way. (laughs) Oh man, I love that place. I really love that place. Anyway. I remember I would make like a $2 pizza from Piggly Wiggly. And this big salad with ranch. And I would eat it around 2 or 3. And that was just breakfast. And that would just be what I ate. And I remember 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock, or 9 o'clock would come. And I would just be starving. And I wouldn't eat. And again, I don't want your pity, but I'm just looking back. And I'm like, wow, that was my life. It was so, so hard. And this was before, this is when I was in debt still. This is still when I had my student loans. And people were constantly leaving. Um, the home where we lived, so the rent kept going up every month because there was less of us, and it was real sad, and I think things turned around, but they got worse, but I was gone by then, that's a whole other episode, (laughs) um, but I remember there was a point where I realized that was it, that was the lowest I can get. And then it was uphill from there. And then I'd be okay. I remember also being outside of the Starbucks aisle on the patio. And I don't know what it was. I'm sure there's a journal entry in in the closet somewhere. I had this indescribable wave of peace that I could only best describe as Nirvana. But I don't know where it came from. And I don't know what it was. I had a lot of feelings um, during my time there. That was probably the best one. There were so many. But see, I couldn't experience all of that in Nashville if I didn't leave home. You know? And I wouldn't have my savings now and my paid my debt paid off if I hadn't gone there and realized how much I was suffering and how much I didn't want that, you know, and, oh, I think there's a smoke alarm, probably not. Looking back and just looking forward also, I realized you can't judge people with money because Maybe there was a time where they didn't have any and they turned it around, you know? Maybe they were like, maybe they were poor or worse off than I was, you know? And they, something moved them, you know? And my mantra now is, I, you do you, if it's what makes you feel good and you're not hurting anybody you're good like i respect you you know and that's how i see it now like i don't want to i don't want to think people are ugly anymore because we're all children of god and we're beautiful you know i was remember i remember i was watching Wife swap at my sister's place And All the kids in both families were girls There was A family with two girls And in the other family It was just one And They were just so cute And I realized like There's no ugly children in this world You know I mean Kids are a handful For sure, and some of them have a certain way of responding, you know, to things being taken away or whatever. But you just look at their innocence, and I don't think there's an ugly child out there, you know? I don't think such a thing exists. I think maybe a lot of times what they learn can be ugly. Like a lot of what I learned was. But I can change that. I can change how I associate things and people with with ideas. I can look at a person who's dressed well. And in my head, in the beginning, I can think, oh, they're mean. They're evil. But then I can catch myself and say, you don't know. You don't know them. You can't say. Let's think they're good. Let's do what we want to do. Let's think how we would like to think. They're good people. They're good people. They don't want to hurt us. They don't want to hurt anybody. They're just here living like we are. Each of us is, we're just here, you know? Outside the context of defining what that means, labeling it, putting it into a spectrum, we're here, we're real. We eat, we breathe, we sleep, we live, we work, or we choose not to work, whatever the case is. We are attracted to people or not. We have dreams and goals For ourselves, we want to change. We may resist change, but I think in everyone, there's this wanting change, you know? In the self, in one's life. And is that so bad? I don't think so, you know? I think about growth. I think about a growth mindset and how I feel like I have that. And it's not easy, you know. I'm an INFJ, Leo, Hispanic male. Like, I don't want to change for anybody. Everybody's wrong, right? Uh, But at the same time, I know I'm going to have to change. I know there are things I need to work on for myself. Not to conform to the world, but because that would help me out. That would help me be myself more. And show other people who I am more. I can do that here. You know. All I have to do is push a button on my phone and talk. But I want to do that. In the real world. And I know I'm not the only one. So. Yeah. Thanks for listening. I really liked this episode. I loved today. And. I hope you have a good life. And God is rooting for everyone. He wants to help everyone. He does not have a finite amount of resources. That's human stuff. That's our way of thinking. Um, there's another verse, you know, where... Good things that happen to us and bad things that happen to us... They, we don't always get to decide that you know I don't know what the Bible verse is where it says that these good things are a result of his grace, not and our faith, not our own doing, and yeah, more of the story, like I'm going to move on. I'm going to not be afraid anymore of where the next meal is going to come from. Because I don't have to worry about that. Those days are over. Alright. Thanks for listening.